June, June, June 2021. You've made it to June 2021 with the podcast, me and my team and the news. Me, that's me, I'm Tim, and my team is... I'm Ben. And we're going to talk about life and what's going on in the world and, you know, the news inevitably comes up. Let's talk about life a little bit first. We have big plans this week. I know every teenager is excited for this one thing. It is a road trip family vacation. Yeah, teenager, you love it, don't you? No. What? Well, why don't we ever go where I want? I want to go to Japan. Why do you guys always pick, like, Florida? Because we cannot drive to Japan. There are five of us. And we can't afford one flight to Japan, much less five. Yeah, we can. All we have to do is get my two little brothers to sit on my lap and your lap. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. But we're going to go to Florida because Florida's great. All kinds of wonderful things happen in Florida. Oh, uh, yeah, the infamous Florida man. Ah, yes, the Florida man. What do you know about the Florida man? Uh, they do a lot of crazy crap. So I actually am glad you mentioned that because I want to talk about why the media and consumers have given us this perception of the Florida man. Are you ready to find out why? Uh, I already know why. Because there's a bunch of crazy news articles that are about people in Florida doing crazy stuff. Like this one guy who robbed a liquor store while he was already drunk with an alligator, which is the most Florida thing I've ever heard. Well, would it have been different if he was sober with the alligator? You know what? Not really. <laughs> so, I, all right, alligators aside, there are actual reasons why we've gotten this whole Florida man legend. Yes, there are lots of crazy stories that are published that come from Florida, but there are three real factors. One, Florida has an open court system, meaning that you can have a camera in the courtroom. It's very open, so you find out things that happen. And when you cover cameras in the courtroom, you see court cases carried on television and carried on court TV nationally that you don't see in other states. Because if a TV station can't have a camera in the court, it has to be a really, really, really big deal for them to really care about it. And so what you get in live streamed trials in Florida, in many cases of things that are happening other places, believe me, I've spent some time with the media in courthouses, there are crazy things in every courthouse. But in Florida, you know about them because of their open laws. So that is a step one. Step two, Florida has several different uh, metro areas for media markets. So there's Miami, there's Tampa St. Pete, there's Orlando, there's Jacksonville, there's Pensacola. And because of that, when you have a story that is newsworthy from your state, you want people to feel like it's local. So if you're in Tampa and something crazy happens in Miami, you don't want to say Miami man does something crazy. You want to say Florida man does something crazy so that your Tampa viewers think it might be somewhat local. And that's why the headline starting of Florida man became the big thing instead of St. Petersburg or Clearwater or Pensacola or Jacksonville because media across the state wanted you to feel that connection and they felt like it was easier to say that if they just said Florida. So you might care because it's Florida. So those are two of the main reasons. There are some other factors too. Early on, there were some media outlets in Florida who were first in the train of getting 
viral news through realizing that crazy news would take off. So they publicized it quite a bit and got that going. And yes, you know, there are alligators and there are a wide variety of lifestyles in Florida from the beaches of South Beach to the swamps of the Everglades to uh, the northern beaches, which are different than Miami Beach. Because you have all those differences, you do attract a lot of people from around the country, including people on vacation who drink too much. Hello, Daytona. And you do get more than you might get in most states of people doing kind of crazy things. But it's because of the open records laws that you know about them in Florida that you get the infamous Florida man. Speaking of Florida in the South, let's talk about a congresswoman from there. <laughs> uh, okay. In Georgia. You know her. You hate her. It's Marjorie Taylor hey, Greene. Nobody hates anybody. Everybody's just trying to get by. It's Marjorie Taylor Greene. Okay, so she's got some understandings of the world that don't line up with... Reality? Most people's understandings of the world. Or reality. So why are we talking about her? Uh, well, she's in the news again for some fun comments about masks and the Holocaust, and she compared them, and that's bad. Yeah, generally, one thing you'll learn when you get to college is that by your second week of freshman year, you figure out you should stop using Hitler as a comparison to all things evil and all literature you read. It's, uh, it's yeah. just a bad idea. Because what you try to do is make a point of like, hey, this is terrible. It's as terrible as the worst thing ever. What's the worst thing ever? Oh, Nazi Germany. It's as terrible as that. Hmm, no, not a good comparison. Yeah, really kind of tone deaf. Yes, I don't think she's worried about tone. It is fascinating, however, how she has tried to engage with and provoke Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. What's really fascinating is that Ocasio-Cortez is only in her second term. Um, and Marjorie Taylor Greene is in her first, combined, they have less than four years in Congress, and yet they're probably the two most talked about members of Congress, which is a really interesting perspective, because in ye olden days, as you like to say, teenager, it was the experienced members of Congress, the one who'd been there for 20 years and 30 years, who got all the attention. Now, you know, they are some new members of Congress who figured out how to get a lot of attention. Yeah, it's called going on Fox News and saying the craziest stuff you can possibly come up with. Well, you know, if it's just like a headline on a digital news, if it grabs your attention, it grabs your attention, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the only reason Marjorie Taylor Greene is in Congress, to just stir up a bunch of controversy and, well, you know, get mm -hmm. name recognition from that, because every time she says something crazy, she pulls fundraising off of it from the other crazies. Well, uh, there's a, a president uh, whose publicist once said uh, something along the lines of, uh, there is no bad publicity. All publicity is good publicity, because it gets your name out there, and your name is remembered. And so when you think, oh, who should I be thinking about? And then you just come up with that name, and you say, okay. Maybe I'll give her money. Maybe I won't if I'm thinking of who to give money to. But yes, attention and money generally go hand in hand unless you get to the point where everybody hates you. We could be getting there if criminal allegations turn out to be true with Matt Getz. We shall see what comes of that case. Oh, he's totally guilty. Now, you can't just say that. And disclaimer, we have no actual knowledge of his guilt or lack of guilt. 
And please don't sue us because we have no influence over anybody and therefore you can't win any money. Yeah. Also, you know, his uh, best friend who was also involved in this stuff has been, like, indicted and he's agreed to plead guilty and cooperate. Which, you know, if your yes. right-hand man is guilty, that probably means you are. Well, probably, but we do have reasons. That's why in media reports, you always hear things like uh, someone is alleged to have done something. So police say somebody does something until they are convicted of a crime. Because before a jury convicts them and they are legally convicted and found guilty, if they are not guilty and you said they are, they can come sue you for defamation of character. And if it hurts their business or costs them their job, they can see you for those lost wages and lost revenue. Huh. Well, that's fun. Nah, it's one of those legal things they teach you when you first get in media. People used to get annoyed all the time, you know, because you'd say, all those extra words, allegedly, allegedly, everybody knows he did it. Well, legally, a media outlet can't say somebody did it, but they're not protected from lawsuit until the person is convicted or pleads guilty in a court of law. Yeah, and plus, if the media is all shouting, oh yeah, they're totally guilty, then the guy who is probably guilty could just say, hey, the media influenced the jury and the public opinion around my case, therefore my trial was tainted. Yes. It's kind of what Derek Chauvin's trying to pull, but it will probably, yeah. I think his appeal got denied. Usually, all that's good for is a change of venue. To say, this case got too much attention in this city, we should move it to somewhere where nobody's ever heard of this person. Which worked out fine before, you know, the internet. Yeah. Now it's really hard to do that. I think that's why his change of venue got denied. Right. Like, where's he going to go where nobody knows who he is? Yeah. Because pretty much everybody Unless does. you can try him in, like, Antarctica. Yeah. Or some remote village in some third world country with no access to the internet. It's pretty much impossible. And I'm 95% sure that, uh... Third world countries are not in a district of courts, so uh, you can't do that. Right, it'd be somewhere in the United States, and maybe you'd find one of the island territories where no one cares about the news because they live on a beautiful tropical island. Yeah, but still. It's hard to get witnesses there. Okay, so uh, we talked about Florida. There is something that happened in California I want to ask you about. Here's a hypothetical situation. You hear your dog or dogs barking out in the back patio. You run outside and you see a full-grown bear standing on your fence, reaching down, trying to grab one of your dogs. What do you do? I grab the nearest big stick and poke it in the eye. Poke it in the eye. There's a 17-year-old girl in California who ran up to the bear and pushed it off the ledge. Huh. That then... was a bit close for comfort. <laughs> yes. But it... then again, bears aren't really known for climbing fences. Yeah, it kind of got on the fence because there was a trail next to it, and it had its cubs, and it was very interested in the little dogs that they had. And, and so she just instinctively ran over and just pushed the bear off the ledge. Did the bear then leave? No, the bear came back, but she had grabbed the dogs and ran back inside before the bear got back up on the ledge. Huh. Yeah. She did say it, it was a bad idea, but I gotta say, it saved the dogs. I'm sure it surprised the bear. Yep. So, good job, random person. That's right. Next time you see a bear trying to get to our dog, I expect you to go attack the bear. Ah, uh, yeah, because bears live near here. Um, probably not. But there might be one wandering around someday who gets lost and just keeps wandering. Ah, uh, yeah, in the middle of the suburbs. Yes. 
through like 50 roads and like three miles of cornfields. Yeah. Coyotes, they're like bears, only a lot smaller. Yeah, but our dog could fight off a coyote. That's true, our dog could fight off a coyote. I'm pretty sure Lulu's bigger than a coyote. Yeah, coyotes tend to hunt in packs, though. Although, no, they don't. in our area, there's one or two, don't they? No, that's wolves. Oh, I guess I was wrong. Yep, you're wrong. Foxes work alone, right? Yeah. Yeah, but coyotes, they go alone? They don't hunt in packs? Yeah, have you ever heard of a pack of coyotes? I'm not saying I haven't. Uh, I don't think it's a thing. Alright, well, most of my knowledge of coyotes comes from a Simpsons episode with Johnny Cash. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. They're very mystical creatures, is what I understand. That was a weird episode. <laughs> it was, but memorable. Uh, speaking of weird... Yes? It was kind of weird how uh, Republicans shot down the January <laughs> 6th commission. In the business, we call that a segue. Yeah. Talk more about that, Ben. So, uh, basically... Uh, the House had sent to the Senate to approve, basically saying, hey, we're going to establish a bipartisan commission. It's, like, completely bipartisan and unbiased. And, yeah, there's going to be an equal number of Democrats and Republicans, and they're going to be able to subpoena people, which the other things can't do. And, you know, sounded like a pretty good idea. I mean, independent investigation... Yes. With the power to actually do something. And mm -hmm. Republicans were like, ha ha, nope. So let me ask you this question. How long do these uh, congressional investigations typically take? Um, a while. You know, you have to get subpoenas and lawyers and court documents and more court documents. So like a year. Okay. So we are the first week of June. Um... And next year, so a year from now, we'll be talking midsummer 2022. Well, guess what's happening in midsummer 2022? Uh, primaries for stuff. That's right. The midterm elections for Congress are happening. And therefore, all of the report that would come out would very much be, hey, here's everything you might have forgotten about about the attempt to take over the Capitol. And we're going to bash Republicans with it all through this election um, because, you know, it's facts and it happened. And, and it gives a real easy way to remind people of the quite brightening aspects of that day. Republicans obviously don't want that because they want to win. Because apparently in today's politics, winning is more important than doing the right thing. Yes, or anything. Yeah. It's not become, I'm going to pass this legislation to help the American people. It's... I can't let that other guy do anything. That's right. Which I'm pretty sure is just Mitch McConnell's motto. Hold on, you're trying to pass a piece of legislation that isn't something that everyone supports? Like, unless a bill is like flags for orphans or something that cannot fail, like, it's getting filibustered, which is dumb. Well, and it's also the case, and we've talked about this a little bit before, that the political parties now are far stricter in holding the political line. It used to be you'd have, you know, any vote that would come up, it was rare to have a straight party line vote. All the Democrats said one, all the Republicans said two. You'd get a handful in the middle who would go one way or the other depending on different factors. Now, it's like if you cross your party, it's the end of your career. And yeah. it's really, really unhealthy. Yeah, because the messaging for both parties is, uh, we're better than the other guy. 
or the lesser of two evils, therefore vote for us. Right. If you cross the party line, it's like, eh, you're the lesser of two evils, but here we have someone who's the lesser of the lesser of two evils in the primaries. You know, so we just keep electing more left or right candidates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we, we're not voting for someone we support, we're voting for someone who will take down the guy we're against. That's right. So moderates can't get the financial support from the National Committee. And if you can't get the financial support from the National Committee, you can't win a federal race. You can't win the primary, you can't get elected to Congress. So it's almost impossible now. And therefore, it's become a very top-down system. Yeah, I say what happens is we sue both political parties for having a monopoly. Good old-fashioned antitrust suits. What? They take in a lot of money. Hmm. Hmm. There are two of them, though. It's the problem in a monopoly suit. What? There can be more than one monopoly. Usually. A duopoly. Yeah, you know, mono meaning one. Kind of yeah, but thing. still, imagine if there were only two car companies that had any kind of power in America. People would not like that. Right, sure, because they want choices. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, they wouldn't sue for it because they'd have a competitor. You know, it's how Amazon avoids most of their antitrust lawsuits. They, they say, yes, we are the number one online retailer, but there's also eBay. There's also Walmart, which is the number two online retailer. Yeah, but it's really hard to define what is a monopoly. Like, how much do you have to control? Do you have to control 75%? That's right. 90%? Mm-hmm. Which... There, there were times when it seemed like Google was a monopoly. Isn't it? Even though, well, you have Bing... And you have Who Yahoo. uses Bing? Who has ever used Bing? Listen, it comes auto-installed on PCs, and some people don't change. Yeah, but the problem is, it, and Google is actually having a problem with this, when we say we want to look up something on the internet, we say, I'm going to Google this. Yes, that's true. It's like Which, using Kleenex instead of tissue. Yeah, or, you know, Elevator actually used to be a registered trademark. Really? No, Escalator, sorry. Oh, and so that. any other company had to use the term motorized stairway. <laughs> but, you know, no one really wanted to call it motorized stairway because that was too long. And so then they just all called it an escalator. And eventually the trademark couldn't be renewed because everyone just called it that. Oh, that's funny. The funny thing, trademarks and copyright law, uh, you know, the my favorite little story about songs. Weren't we originally about the January what? 6th commission? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get back to that. Uh, sure. Uh, have you ever noticed that when you go to restaurants, not that you get to do that much anymore, but if it's somebody's birthday, they'll come out and sing some other birthday song. They don't usually sing happy birthday. Have you ever noticed that? No. No, you probably haven't. But there's a reason for that. It's not because they like to make up songs. They would just sing happy birthday, but it's copyrighted. It was written by uh, someone, I think who lived in Kentucky, a hundred and some odd years ago, and their family maintained the copyright. So if a restaurant came out and sang the Happy Birthday song, they owed royalties to that family. And that's why, if it was ever in a movie, if they sang Happy Birthday, they had to pay that family to use it. Huh. Yeah, they sold it a few years ago. I'm not sure what the status of it is now. Well, how long does a copyright last? And that keeps changing. It used to be 20 years after the death of the creator. But that has changed with Walt Disney. Because the Walt Disney Corporation 
didn't want Mickey Mouse to become public intellectual property. So everybody could have Mickey Mouse 20 years after the creator died. So they change copyright laws and they keep basically granting extensions to Disney, but that affects everything else too. Yeah, by the way, uh, fun fact, Disney is the world's second largest buyer of explosives after the U.S. military. <laughs> is that because of their fireworks show every every night? No, of course not. They're building a secret animatronic army of Mickey Mouses <laughs> to take over the world. Oh. That's why they're buying up all the world's explosives. That, uh, wow, that's quite the scoop. Yeah. You should alert the media. Huh. Eh, media has more important things to do, like yelling at each other. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, it is fun to yell. People do like yelling on TV, I suppose. Yeah. All okay, right, so well, back we... to January 6th, you want to talk, what else did you want to, okay, let me ask you this as a teenager. You see that, and uh, how much do you trust your government? Eh, like, after Trump and the whole January 6th everything, I'd say like 50%. I trust half of them. Yeah. So, maybe a little less. And I asked that for significant generational reasons. When I was 15, it was 1990. And uh, the. 1990 was a pretty terrible time. Well, no, the Berlin Wall had fallen. Yes, we'd had the Iran Contra scandal years before. And you might think, okay, the government might be a little inept compared to business or whatever. But generally, people were like, okay, you know, the government, we trust the government mostly. There are some things we don't like. And then the 08 recession came. Well, before that, you know, the generation before me, if you were 15 years old in the late 60s and early 70s. Oh, dear. Even up to 1980, you didn't trust the government at all. Yeah, because the economy was terrible. Everything was terrible. We were fighting a war in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. Everything was really, really terrible. And the White House was, and the government was lying to us about how the war was going. And then there was that whole, you know, threat of impeachment for a president who's uh, spying you know, on his on his opponents. rivals. And so trust in government was very low. So you're coming through these formative years with a low trust of government, which is different than it was for me, which is different than it was for most boomers. Um, and that affects, I think, how generations look at elections, how they look at do I trust the person talking on television? Which I will also say, for many years, you couldn't be on TV and say things that were patently untrue because the networks wouldn't let you. Um, but now anybody can be on TV and say anything. But if you grew up with trusting what people were saying on television, it's very hard to mentally make a distinction of like, oh no, I shouldn't trust people on television anymore when I used to. Yeah. And most of the TV, it's like, you know, you've got, like, your local stations. That's, like, 25% of the market, maybe 50. Mm-hmm. And then you got the actual unbiased news maybe making up, like, 25%. And then the other, like, mm -hmm. 40 to 50% is just partisan yelling. You're talking about cable news. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all of Fox, all of MSNBC, all of OAN. You know, when they have great people come on, like Tucker Carlson... Yes, he's your favorite, isn't he? Yeah. 
trying to think of a good insult for it. No, no more insults. This is not an insult podcast. Insulting is what you can do with your soccer playing buddies when no one else is around. Just as long as it's not directed at anybody other than some famous person who will never hear of you. Ah, cool. Yes. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, Tucker Carlson's under fire again for comparing masks to segregation. <laughs> What is it with uh, far-right Republicans and comparing masks to way worse things? I don't Like, know. he's comparing I've, I've... vaccines and stuff. It's like, ah, they're going to, like, not let me on a cruise because I refuse to get vaccinated because I'm an idiot. Like, with segregation, you, you didn't really have a choice there. Yeah, that is, oh gosh, there is a term for that. Uh, what is that term? Stupid? No, a term of comparing, it's like apples to oranges, but it's, um, oh, it'll come to me later. Or it'll come to me in the next podcast. Uh, But there's a term, ladies and gentlemen, and if I don't come up with it in this podcast, you have to listen to our next one so I can remember what it is and tell you about it. How's that for a tease? It's guaranteed to get repeat listening. Mm -hmm. Yes, Ben looks very, very convinced that that will make you come back and listen again. Mm -hmm. Speaking of coming back again, so... Uh, I know we've talked a little bit more about the Middle East and Israel these last few weeks than we had before, but have you seen the news about the coalition to oust Benjamin Netanyahu from power? Yeah, I heard some of it. So I don't really know how politics with a bunch of parties work, but apparently they don't, like, elect a prime minister. It's based on you elect the representatives from a bunch of different parties, and a bunch of different parties come together and form a coalition and then they all vote on who they want the prime minister to be. So whoever gets the most support from representatives is the prime minister. Yeah. By the way, it's how it kind of used to work in the United States, too. The House of Representatives would pick a president. Um, way, way long time ago. So in this case, you had two parties at the opposite end of the spectrum, so to speak, both decide, you know what? Joining with this party is better than having Benjamin Netanyahu be prime minister. So they joined with their enemies to oust a mutual enemy politically. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. I don't know, Netanyahu's not exactly popular after the whole firing on civilians thing. Yeah, but he definitely has continued to double down on his support of hardliners that there is one Israel and it is Israel's territory and Israel can do what Israel wants to do. And it's interesting to see what will happen next. There's so much politically tied into that. The whole world pays attention to Israel and that conflict. Uh, Well, yeah, Israel is like one of the few semi-stable nations in the Middle East. Well, not necessarily. I, I wouldn't characterize them all as unstable. Yeah, well, you also have a region with fun people like Syria and Iran, and Afghanistan, and Iraq, and Yemen, and Oman. Okay. Yemen, yes, has not been stable. Afghanistan was stable until the U.S. came in there. uh, So stability is not the only issue. Syria is, is, gosh, it's so hard to believe they're still fighting in Syria. They are? Yeah. I thought they stopped that. Or did they start it? How long has it been going a long, long time. Jeez, that's like a U.S. level. There's a whole generation not getting an education in anything other than war happening in Syria right now, which is which was once one of the world's great countries. 
It uh, was? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, like the Persian Empire? Yeah. Oh. Well, now it's like North Korea level, except everyone's fighting. That's just really... So many multinational interests in there, too, contributing to the ongoing fighting, kind of like what happened in Vietnam. If it was just one side within Syria versus the other, it'd be over. But other groups, some of them good groups, trying to fight for the sides, the right sides, you know, not the dictator who was educated in America at Harvard, I think it was Harvard, who has been using chemical weapons on his own people. Um, and yet, because he has support of other countries, Russia, there's cough, just a cough. big fight going on. And it's just such a tragedy that we've become numb to in many cases in this country. But when you think of the people living in camps trying to get to any other country with nothing just to survive and then being considered refugees to be turned away. It's just heartbreaking. Yeah. Reminds me a lot about this video I watched of how South Sudan works. So it was uh, formed in 2015. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for like three or four months, they were kind of stable. And, you know, so South Sudan has like a bunch of different ethnic groups. Mm -hmm. that all kind of hate each other, but kind of get along. And so the president, who was democratically elected, was from one ethnic group, and his vice president was from another. And then they had a falling out, and then, you know, everyone chose sides, and now it's a civil war. So, basically, all the ethnic rebel groups are fighting the government, who's fighting the ethnic rebel groups, while all of the ethnic rebel groups continue to fight each other. Yeah. So, like... It's kind of like having a uh, old western standoff, but there's like eight people and they all have rocket launchers. That's not a good situation. Yeah, it's really not fun. Yeah, and speaking of not fun, not far from there, um, because you have the um, obviously the Lost Boys Army and whatnot. But would you think it would be odd if you were to be at school one day and suddenly a bunch of men in trucks with guns came and kidnapped you and took you into the jungle? Oh, yeah, Nigeria, world headquarters of kidnapping. It just keeps happening over and over again. There's another case, two more cases this week, where well, dozens and dozens of kids were just taken from their school and held for ransom, see, or the, worse. The, the criminals have a very, very smart strategy. Step one, abduct children. No one wants to see children get hurt, so they won't do anything. Step two, good old-fashioned government bribery. And mm -hmm. hoping that the government's too inept to respond. Step three, profit. Right. Do it again. Yeah, but I mean... I can't imagine what it does to these kids to be kidnapped. Like, it's almost routine. And then who knows what happens. It's like school shootings in the U.S. It's like school shootings in the U.S. Except mm. they only shoot the people if they don't get the ransom. I guess. Yeah. When schools become targets of violence. In different ways, I suppose. Um... Yeah, it's just such a, just trying to imagine what it's like to be a 13-year-old who's been kidnapped for a week and held in the jungle without any understanding, you know, knowing whether you're going to see your family or not again, and the people who are holding you, how are they treating you, and what else they're doing to you. And the, to think about that idea of it just being kind of a, a fact of life, you know, we do take so many things for granted here that we... Like vaccines. Well, yeah, yeah. That's certainly been a big one, and we haven't talked a lot about that this week, but we did talk some before about India, and there is the big uh, first time that a Facebook company is directly suing a national government, WhatsApp, 
which if you are not familiar with it, is the world's biggest messaging app. WhatsApp is now owned by Facebook and they are suing India over a new law that would re require WhatsApp and similar products to track and report and turn over to authorities the original source of any post that is shared. What? Huh? Yeah, so this that, is a new law. That's in like India. the NSA levels of yeah, only, surveillance. Only the idea is that you don't even have to have that kind of surveillance. So if a local police commissioner sees a post that he does not like, he can force WhatsApp to turn over not just the person who posted it, but whoever forwarded it and the original person who posted it. Yeah, that's really dumb. And WhatsApp says, hey, that A, we can't do end-to-end -end encryption with that for details I won't get into. But so it ruins the privacy of everyone who uses it. And 400 million people use it in India. Wow, that's forgot. India has a lot of people. A lot of people. And, and there could be a good use for this because as much as we talk about misinformation in the United States, it's far, far worse in India and Pakistan. And Myanmar. And Myanmar, uh, the much that is state-sponsored, because you had large segments of the population whose first internet experience was when they got a smartphone. They didn't have home computers. They didn't have dial-up modems. Their first connection to the internet was the smartphone. And so when they began to see these things for the first time, what we would see a lot of examples of would be fake images of military Pakistani jets supposedly flying over Indian territory or the other way around to spark people into outrage at the other and they would be fake and there's been a ton as much fake media as there's been here in the US there's been way more in India related to the government related to COVID related to politics related to Pakistan and China and so in some sense hey it would be great wouldn't you think this when you see fake news, misinformation on a social media feed? Wouldn't it be nice to know who started it and go punch that person in the face? Yeah, but uh, this is for like any post. And shouldn't Facebook and WhatsApp and whoever just be like taking those misinformed posts down in the first place? Well, they're not. think about this. 400 million users just in India, probably posting over a billion posts a day. Facebook's not going to hire enough. You can't hire enough people to read a billion posts. You know, they can all they can do is do some automated screening for bad words and maybe flag some things. And there's something they do have teams of people who if you flag something, eventually someone will see it and decide very quickly whether to leave it up or take it down. And that's, of course, a inconsistent because they're people and b very damaging to the person whose job it is to take down, for example, all the child pornography <laughs> uh, or all the violent images. Um, imagine if that was your job all day to sit in a room and take those down. You have to look at them first. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of terrible yeah, I mean, with automation, I mean, after the January 6th events, you know, there was a huge purge of right-wing misinformation off of Facebook in like a day. So if they did that in the U.S., why can't they just do that in India? Mm, yeah, I think there definitely is a recognition that social media outlets, who, especially ones like Facebook, have bazillions of dollars, as they say, 
um, to do something, right? To figure out a better system for not allowing their distribution platform to be used for malicious propaganda. Um, but what that is, how that works, I don't know. I do have one more topic I want to ask you about. Uh, trucks, American trucks, they're big, they're rugged, they're American, right? Yeah. Yeah, diesel or gas, they're, they're spewing fumes, and they've got tons of power, and they're going around, and that's the image of the great American truck we all want to buy, right? Not really. What? Yeah, there's an electric one now. What? Yeah, and Biden test drove it. What? Yeah. An electric truck in America? Yeah, it's the Ford F-150 Lightning. Ford? You can't be serious. Ford couldn't possibly. A man's man's truck. They're making an electric truck? Well, why is it manly to pollute the environment? It's like, look at me. I spent three. I spent three hundred dollars on gas every week and pollute the environment. I'm a man now. Well, I'm just giving you the argument you would have heard for a long time. So does it seem? I guess does it even seem unusual for you that Ford would make an electric F-150? Not really. I mean, the future of cars is inevitably electric as gas and oil reserves decline. Mm, yes, that's true. But still, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, certainly when I was your age, Ford would have said, no way, there will never be electric cars, especially trucks. Trucks are powerful. And yet you, it's just, it's a fact of life now. Electric cars, they're Yeah, Tesla exists. Yeah, and lots of people and have And they've them. revolutionized the electric car industry. And people are seeing Tesla and saw, hey, their stock went from like $50 to like 1000 in like a year. I want some of that. Yeah. And so now everyone's doing it. So that's a little part of it. There's more to it than that. Do you know that it takes a couple of years in the development chain to actually create a car and get it to market? So if the F-150 is electric and coming out now, that means it's been prototyped and worked on probably for three to six years. Now, why so long ago, why in that time frame did American car companies begin to make everything move towards electric. Environmental regulations? Nope. Why do big companies do anything? Money? Money. So, the largest emerging economy, growing economy, where there are millions of people, additional people every year buying a car for the first time. Is China? Is China. And China's premier set a rule a few years ago that said in 10 years, no gasoline-powered cars could be sold in China. Hey, for once, that's actually good law coming from China. Maybe and we should do that. Within 15 to 20 years, no gasoline-powered cars would be allowed on the roads in China. So the American car makers, who sell more cars in China than they do in the United States, see that and say, hmm, I guess we better make electric cars if we're going to survive and keep making money. Yeah, so it's kind of weird. China doesn't have their own car companies. Well, they do, but you know, if you want status, you want a an American car, or you want you know a Rolls Royce or a Mercedes, you know, uh, or a Ferrari. But you know, uh, That's those not an American car. Well, no, not neither are the Rolls Royce and Mercedes. I'm saying you want a well-known, established brand, but they do sell more cars in China than they do in the U.S., and that that is what drove them to finally. Or perhaps not finally, but drove them to go towards electric cars. Now the American economy is catching up. 
consumers are demanding electric cars in the same way. So it seems to make more sense, but it started because they knew they couldn't sell cars in China if they didn't move to electric cars. So, Dad, one more question. Yes. If you had to buy a new truck, uh, like just if you had a job that you need to get a yeah. truck for, would you go for electric? Probably. I'd either go for electric or a hybrid, something that got really good gas mileage and had the, had the uh, horsepower I needed, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, I really don't see why people wouldn't want to get an electric or a hybrid. I mean, it's like the same amount of power. I think the one reason that people are deterred is lack of charging stations in right. the U.S. And that'll change. I mean, you can go maybe at most 20 miles without being near a gas station. With EV charging stations, it can be 200 miles. That's right. So if I were working, you know, headed for work and I was at home, and I worked somewhere within a 30-mile radius of my home all the time, yeah, then it wouldn't be really a problem. But that would be something to consider. That's a nice part of a hybrid. You know, you can still get the gas mileage without having to charge. But I've often thought that um, a few years ago when we bought our lawnmower, our riding lawnmower, it was the first year that one of the major retailers had an electric riding lawnmower. And I really, really thought about it, but it was $1,000 more, and it was the first year of the model, and I thought, eh, it could be a problem. But you know what? There's no maintenance, no oil to change, no belts to deal with, Wait, no winterizing. Why wouldn't no, it have belts? The only it... maintenance you ever need to do is if you want to sharpen the blades. And every time spring rolls around, and I've got to get it started again, and I'm like, oh, I should have winterized it. If you have an electric one, you don't have to. But it does cost more. So that is today's lesson on electrics and the economy and China. Is there anything in the world I haven't taught you yet that I should be teaching you today? Um, let's see. Nope. Great. In that case, we can consider this a successful episode of me and my team and the news. Thanks for joining us for another week. I'm Tim. I'm Ben, and this is me and my team and the news. Goodbye.